this race has degenerated into an onslaught of negative and personal attacks not worthy of the American people and not worthy of this critical time in our nation's history. This is the most important election of our lifetime. You were just too sane, John. It was only a matter of time, right? You are officially suspending your campaign as if what? People wake up suddenly and realize the remaining garden gnomes are a travesty and then you're going to jump back in? Well, it was only 10 days ago that Huntsman said he looks forward to the reemergence of a sane Republican Party based on real ideas. And as a rule, candidates who believe their party isn't sane don't win. The Tea Party doesn't like to be told that they are insane. I get it. There's a certain irony to Huntsman's meager showing he was always the candidate Democrats feared most. It's true, the Obama White House was much less afraid of Mitt Romney than they were of John Huntsman because Huntsman could actually have gone at him toe-to-toe. -to -toe. But Mitt, who knows where Mitt's going to be, wherever the wind blows. Obama's re-election team saw Huntsman as a very credible kind of general election candidate with broad ideological appeal. It turns out the guy just couldn't get his own party to take him seriously. What does it say, really? What does it say that in this crucial time, what used to be a major political party, which of course I believe is <laughs> destroying itself in front of us as I speak, has to reject the only person with the real credentials and the real brains to be president of the United States. Well, Huntsman, during his campaign, did win over one very important constituency, the political media. They adored him. I think they were scared to death of the idea that he wasn't going to be there when the smoke cleared. I mean, you could draw little hearts around his head when he appeared in the newspaper, according to a lot of pundits and a lot of general reporters. He was the man, but it didn't translate into votes. A Chuck Todd at First Read says, despite the attention his candidacy received from the chattering class and despite the help from a super PAC financed in part by his wealthy father, it appears, of course, that Republicans can only run when they have a wealthy father, Huntsman never took off. A big reason was tone. He was the only GOP presidential candidate who never adopted the Tea Party's rhetoric. Besides Ron Paul, he was the only one calling for the U.S. to withdraw from Afghanistan, and he was the only one calling for civility in politics. A no-no amongst the present Republican Party. He was simply unwilling to make the Faustian bargains with the right that Romney has so willingly made. So says David Axelrod, a Democratic spin doctor, smart guy, and I think he's got it on the button. Goodbye, John. We're going to miss you. You won't even be there tonight in the debate. Only five left. Let's see. Rick Perry, who they kind of had to bend the rules to bring in because he's just scraping at the bottom. Mr. Sweater Vest, Nasty Newt, Ron Paul, who's running to be president of a country with 38 people in it who can take care of themselves, and Mitt Romney, the multi-million dollar vulture capitalist and weather vane. Attention, all wannabe lobbyists, ambitious academics, spun-out spin doctors, failed flax, hungry hacks, soulless shysters, downsized insiders, and outsourced outsiders. 
The following 60 seconds will jumpstart your future and guarantee you an oversized piece of the zero-sum pie. This is Lance Boyle, Dean of the Newt Gingrich Online Pseudo-Intellectual Institute. Nothing speaks to the success of the Institute's curriculum than the career of its founder and first graduate, Newt Gingrich. Consider the trajectory of the man who went from a second-rate teaching job at a third-rate college to the speakership of the House of Representatives, where he not only shut down the government, but made himself a million dollars doing it. How does he get away with it? By faithfully following the Gingrich Cardinal Rule of Pseudo-Intellectualism, continually repeat the words fundamental, significant, and important wherever and whenever you write or speak. It's a fundamentally significant and important way of transforming your meaningless, run-of-the-mill drivel into something important, significant, and fundamental. And there's more. We can qualify you as a visionary historian. You're no longer a scum-sucking, bottom-feeding, backdoor beltway influence peddler. With our degree, you're a bona fide visionary historian, and everybody is lining up behind Freddie and Fanny to throw the big bucks at you. So stop wasting your time on honest hard work and join the class of 2012 at the Newt Gingrich Online Pseudo-Intellectual Institute. Newt did it. Could the bar be any lower? Yes, Nasty Newt is still in the pack, and nobody does nasty better than Newt. Romney and his myrmidons in those anonymous super PACs just laid it on him in Iowa and destroyed him. He was the surging frontrunner. Does sound a little bit like porno novels. Kane surges. Mm, Newt surges. Perry surges. Well, the surge went nowhere thanks to a devastating negative campaign, and he's getting it back. He's piling it on, and he's got lots of help from who? The GOP themselves. Let's follow them as they flip through the pages of the GOP Book of Ornithology in search of Mitt, the vulture capitalist. Mr. Speaker, a group supporting you, run, one run by one of your closest longtime advisors, has put out a very scathing attack just today on Governor Romney on his tenure as the CEO of that investment firm, Bain Capital. A group of corporate raiders led by Mitt Romney. More ruthless than Wall Street. More ruthless than Wall Street. Bain Capital uh, basically gutted the company. There's a real difference between venture capitalism and vulture capitalism. Vulture capitalists, they're just vultures. And they wait until they see a distressed company, and then they swoop in and uh, you know, pick the carcass clean. They leave the skeleton and eat the carcass. Picking the bones, cleaning these people out who lose their jobs. We're going to have to start drawing Romney with a long beak, talons, and big black wings. I mean, can you imagine what the opposition research boys in Obama's Chicago office, in the White House, listening to this sort of stuff? They're doing our work for us. People say, well, you know, this, this is a problem because this is all going to wash out. This is going to be old news. I don't think it's ever going to be old news because I think America's waking up to the fact that we may not need a corporate thinker as president of the United States. Consider what happens when a business engages in ruthless cost-cutting. From the point of view, of course, the people that own it, the more costs they cut, the better they get the bucks, but people lose the job. It's all about the bottom line. We might call Mr. Romney the bottom line candidate. 
story is very different when a government slashes spending in the face of a depressed economy. Look at Greece, Spain, and Ireland, all of which have adopted harsh austerity policies. In each case, unemployment soared because cuts in government spending mainly hit domestic producers. And in each case, the reduction in budget deficits was much less than expected because tax receipts fell as output and employment collapsed. Why don't people get that? If you take away jobs, people don't have money to pay taxes. Taxes is what's supposed to really reduce the deficit. Yeah, you can be careful about spending. You know, another B-1 bomber for $2 billion, we really need that. We really need an empire spider-like across the world. The Blue Water Navy that won't stop. That's where the problems are. Now, to be fair... Being a career politician isn't necessarily a better preparation for managing economic policy than being a businessman. But Romney is the one claiming that his career makes him especially suited for the presidency. Yeah, did I mention that the last businessman to live in the White House was a guy named Herbert Hoover? There's also the question of whether Mr. Romney understands the difference between running a business and managing the economy. I think his idea of doing well at business is being surrounded by other shiny white guys in Armani suits with bills, big bills, Franklins stuffed in their mouths and their pockets and probably hidden in their crotches. That's his idea of managing an economy. So if Newt is too nasty and Romney's too corporate and Ron Paul lives on another planet, there's always Governor Perry, oi, yoi. Yoy. The picture of these four Marines uh, urinating on the bodies of dead Taliban members. If you were President Perry, what would you do about that? Well, obviously, 18, 19 year old kids make uh, uh, stupid mistakes uh, all too often, and that's what's occurred here. Uh, but, you know, when you're, when you're in war and history um, kind of backs up, uh, there's a picture of uh, General Patton uh, doing basically the same thing in the Rhine River uh, and although there's not a picture uh, Churchill did the same thing on the Siegfried line so what I'm saying is what's really disturbing to me is just kind of the over-the-top uh, rhetoric uh, from this administration and their disdain for the military it appears whether it's uh, uh, the Secretary of State or whether it's uh, the Secretary of Defense Rick Ricky boy the Rhine is a body of water. Patton was pissing on a body of water, not on the body of a dead enemy. And Churchill was pissing on the Siegfried line, an imaginary boundary, not a real person lying on the ground dead as a casualty of your war. The Geneva Convention is very, very specific about not desecrating the bodies of the dead. It's caused terrible PR in Afghanistan and Pakistan, no surprise. And the fact that you're willing to, <laughs> in some way, rationalize away this kind of behavior really makes me wonder where you're coming from. Yeah, I know there are 18, 19, and 20-year-olds who are totally psyched out by battle, and many of them are not emotionally fit to be there. I get it. And I don't think that they should necessarily go to jail over it, but I think they have to be disciplined and discharged, and we have to set a higher standard, Ricky boy. 
I don't see you peeing on the bodies of all those guys you executed. Or maybe I missed something. Well, don't miss Oz tomorrow. We'll be in your ears. Go on up to RadioFreeOz.com. Become an Ozaneer. More about that later. Remember, we're going to get through this thing together.